back quarterback number 19. Bernie, Bernie, oh yeah, how oh, you can throw. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bernie, Bernie, oh baby, Super Bowl. Miami was oh so young. Everybody, he said we were done, but we lied. Just like the guys on the Browns. They lied too. Which is why we're doing this special 19th episode of Six B's in a P named Chudless. I'm your host, Brian Costco, here on AquabearLegion.com, joined by all of our regular co hosts and guests. Ian Wolf. Hello. Brian Weeby. Woo! And Chris Poland. Oh, man. I was going to say, you guys put the woo in my <laughs> woo! I'm just going to say Mr. Ass. <laughs> and introducing Chris, Mr. Ass Poland. I'm, I'm not uh, a gimmick thief. I'm not going to take that gimmick. Okay. Ian, do you want to be Mr. Ass? Not especially. <laughs> I, I thought you'd maybe do some Randy Savage shit. Oh, uh, we can, uh, it's too late now. Cup of yeah. coffee in the big dumb, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, John. I'll just keep going. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Carry it around a piece of wood. Yep. John said to go left, but the Browns went right. <laughs> 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 so, as all of you out there, all three of you know, um, the Browns fired coach Rob Chudzinski after one year of 4-12 and football after they traded away one of his players with potential. Obviously, that was a good move in the long run. And after he had to deal with multiple quarterbacks and a running game and blah, 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 blah. And we felt the need to do one more episode here in our kind of regular season two about being chudless and what this means to the Browns, what it means to the organization, what it means to the fans, and where this might be going from here. Obviously, this is just another um, really depressing milestone, I think. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not because it's Chud, right? I mean, who cares? Chud's just like the rest of them, but it's just, you know, we, we brought up in the outline here, and I've seen articles about it this week, and even heard players on the Browns kind of reference this, that this makes the team seem a little bit of a joke, the organization. Well, to be fair, the Browns were already kind of a joke. Right. Draft day will fix it. Yeah. The movie? Yeah. Or the, the movie. The movie. Not necessarily. <laughs> no, the actual draft won't fix anything. We'll fix it, though. Yeah, I mean, as I as I wrote in the outline, I mean, I, I don't feel wrong in saying it or agreeing with you about that on the podcast, but I, I really hate hearing it. Agreed. And you end up hearing it a, a whole hell of a lot, especially when shit like this happens. So. Yeah, yeah I noticed... Yeah, I'm one of those people sometimes, too, that when I read, like, other NFL stuff, I'll look at the comments quick, you know, and usually even other teams' head coach openings or firings, 
we'll have somebody say something about the Browns being a joke and it sucks, you know, so I'm totally with you there. I mean, like, I'm, you know, sick of reading the article about the Detroit head coaching vacancy where some idiot in the comments brings up how the Browns are a big joke. Like, that's stupid, you know, um, and it doesn't. I don't know. As a Browns fan, you know, it's weird. You think you would get numb to that kind of stuff, but you're right. Maybe it just does still kind of like dig at you, you know? Yeah. Well, how's well, I mean, that? Oh, go on. Yeah. No, go ahead. You're. <laughs> so, how does everyone feel about this? Do you think it was. I mean, aside from. We'll get into all the organizational stuff, and obviously this will lead into that, but how do you feel about this right off the bat, Chubb being fired? I think it's silly, honestly, and it's stupid, and it sucks. I, I like to Tell us what you really think. I, well, that's. I did. Okay. <laughs> but I just think it's. I mean, one year. It's. And I was in favor of keeping Mangini when they fired him because I thought the team was moving in a decent-ish direction. I felt the same thing with these uh, now Chudless Browns that despite, sure. the fact, despite the fact that they lost, what was it, 7 of 8, 10 of 11, something like that. Uh, I mean, yeah, they were, with all the shitty quarterbacks, like dealing with three shitty quarterbacks instead of just one all year, that's going to affect the way the team plays. And I don't know, it's... I just think it was kind of terrible. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I have some mixed emotions, but, I, you know, I want to... Basically this, I think, like, any sort of new beginning is maybe a cause for some degree of hope, you know, which is something we commonly talk about. But I kind of feel that that's what the front office is playing upon. Right. You know, like... Like, oh, well, now we can have hope again and keep people buying in because we're moving on again. We're moving on, you know, or next person. And, yeah, one year, like like Ian said, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I think we saw, like, and I read something, too, where, like, apparently North Turner kind of freaked out at yeah. the front office folks and was like, everything we've said all season is that we're building for 2014, and now you're firing all of us, you know? <laughs> And I think that's totally fair and true for North right. Turner to say that. Did the defensive and offensive coordinators get fired too, or just they haven't, got, they haven't gotten fired yet? But they, basically, what the they came out and said that the new coach was going to have, um, you know, total autonomy to hire any coordinators he wanted. Mm. And what they basically did was they're retaining all the ones they have now, but they're offering them, you know, when play when other teams contact the Browns about interviewing any of them, they're going to let them interview them. So they're in this weird limbo. And I read that Horton's supposedly already interviewed or arranged to interview with the Vikings. So, right. I mean, I, I think all of that points to it. it'll be a totally new... You have to think, yeah. 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 Everyone wants to bring in their own guys, you know, and, and that's part of the problem each time this happens is, you know, whether it's a new president or a new GM or a new coach or a new quarterback, like all of these things all mean that they're tied to other people, you know? And so now we're going to bring in a new coach. who's going to want all new coordinators. who's going to draft probably a new quarterback next year. Um, and they're all going to be tied together, you know? And then in two years, if that doesn't work out with Haslam's going to fire Lombardi and Banner, and they're going to bring in another guy. who's going to bring in a different coach who has no ties to this one, you know? And yeah, new Quality organizations that seem to win don't do this. And I don't know if it's a chicken or the egg thing. Like, 
what you know obviously when you have a good coach but it, that's the thing it's not always like good coaches that have been around the league now for a while and this is a problem across the league with coaches getting fired after one or two years now it's not just the browns but good coaches those those teams aren't always successful they stick with them I mean, look at rex ryan the last couple of years you know, they've liked at least the direction he's been going and what he's been able to do with not much talent um yeah and i mean i don't think there's i mean you can make the argument that, hey, we had five pro bowlers and a pro bowl alternative, and yet we had this shitty of a season. But, I yeah. mean, we all watched every game, and there was, I mean, like as we talked about, quarterback especially, serious talent lacking, you know, on this team. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't personally think that coaching was necessarily the problem. I don't think it was the greatest coaching all the time, but it wasn't the worst we've seen, especially after years of Shermer. Yeah, I was going to say, this is an organization that's stuck by Pat Shermer for two fucking years, and nobody liked him at all in the fan base. Well, keep it. Hey, keep in mind, though, going back to what I just said a minute ago, Ian, you know, these guys didn't hire Pat Shermer, dude. That's true, but they stuck Mike with Mike Holmgren did, first. and before that, it was fucking Lerner, and it's always different people. That's the thing. Like it was hilarious on Mike and Mike. I was listening to on ESPN when Chud got fired. He was like, "Oh, hey, wasn't Chud brought it? That makes sense because now they got a new owner and a new GM." Mike Golick says this. This guy like knows a bunch of stuff about sports. Even he was confused about this because it happened so much. I would and not. It took, I wouldn't confuse anyone on Mike and Mike with somebody who knows a lot about sports. Well, I'm just saying Mike Golick, someone that paid to know him. about it, though. Yeah, they get paid to know about it. I'm not saying that they're fucking, you know, MIT graduates here or anything. But Mike Golick, the one thing he knows about is football, and he knows, and he's from Cleveland. And that's so, MIT Michigan Institute of Touchdowns, right? That's yeah. right. Hopefully, that's where our next coach should be coming from. Well, if he's from Cleveland and he knows football, then he should know. That but that's what I'm saying, dude. That's what I'm saying is at this point, who the fuck knows? Who who hired Shermer? I was uh, the homegrown. Okay, who was the owner then? Was it still Lerner when he? Ah, yeah. You got to ask a follow up question, and I'm not trying to call you out and say that. <laughs> Why are you trying to? No make one knows. <laughs> no one. No one even owned the team for like a year. Lerner was like in Britain trying to find someone to sell it to while he was like taking care of his soccer team. And even since Haslam's owned it, he's been trying not to go to jail. <laughs> right? And, and here's something. I, I saw someone in the comment section of a sports blog, you know, and take that with the grain of salt that it, I've introduced it with, right. of saying, like, doesn't it seem a little fishy? And I'm not saying I agree with this, but that, like, they're saying one thing and doing another and could that be a, a reason that they're setting up for another departure? Right. And mm -hmm. that's fucking sickening and awful. But I think it's worth talking about because, I mean, hey, we, we like talking about conspiracy theories here. Dante Stallworth, big <laughs> us. The Dante Stallworth segment. I was listening to a podcast um, on Waiting for Next Year right after the Chud firing. I, I can't remember what the title of it was up, but if you, I'm sure if anyone out there wants to look for it, it was probably the Monday after. Um, and they had a guy, Scott Rabb, who writes for Esquire, but he has some Cleveland connections as well, grew up there, I think, and wrote there for a little while. But he was kind of talking about, like, you know, look, everybody, like, and he, it was funny, he actually said the same thing that we've said on the show before, that, like, you know, he doesn't care who or how terrible the people playing for or running the Browns are if they win a championship, you know, like who cares? Like 
Jimmy Haslam can be the worst guy ever, but if he buys the Browns and they win a Super Bowl, I'll at least like him for doing that. Like, he might be a bad person. But he went on this big thing about how Haslam, you know, he basically called all three of these guys total shitbags. Like, he was just like, they're all terrible people. And not even really good football people either. But as far as ethical human beings, like, they're bad people. And he was talking about how they just play on this whole Cleveland fear of our, you know, first of all, the fans always are committed to this team no matter what, you know. But also there's this lingering thing after what Modell did years ago, especially in the city of Cleveland. If you're up within the vicinity of the city up there, where people really do remember that. And it wasn't just losing a football team in an embarrassment, but it was losing yet another part of your economy and another financial part of Cleveland that was going to be gone now when you already had so many other ones. And people, you know, he compared the Cleveland fan base now to this sort of abused puppy sort of thing, you know, we're like, we're like, oh, we'll still go to the game. Like we get mad, but they'll still go to the games. We'll still buy stuff like don't leave again. You know, even though nobody ever comes out and says that, there's this sort of like element of, well, we'll go four and 12, eight years in a row, like, and we'll complain, but we're still going to keep buying our PSLs and we'll still keep buying the merchandise. And, you know, the Browns backer club will still be the biggest in the entire world and all of this stuff. And he was kind of saying, you know, Haslam is not stupid. Like, no one gets rich by being stupid for the most part. And even if – well, no, seriously. I mean, other than athletes for the most part, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm saying, like, Jimmy Haslam, regardless – A lot of people get rich being evil. Exactly, exactly. There's a difference between those two things. Like, he was saying, like, look, Haslam's like a billionaire man or whatever. Like, you don't run a multinational, like, giant, huge Forbes, you know, fucking ridiculous company. And especially, you know, one that now we found out he was doing a bunch of shady shit for years and not getting caught without being, like, somewhat smart, you know? Like, he knows how to Unless you inherit it. Well, he did inherit it, but he's been running it for some time. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that he everybody up on his flying J. <laughs> right. But I mean, like what, what he was trying to say was that he knows what he's doing. Like to them, you know, he saw an opportunity like they weren't sold on Chud last year. And we'll talk about that later. You know, this was his his viewpoint that they weren't sold on Chud last year. And then on top of that, you know, he's sort of setting it up, as you said, like, you know, whatever. Maybe this next guy is not going to be any good either. But it doesn't matter to Haslam, really. Like, he can go on the press conference and talk about how he wants a Super Bowl and how he wants to win. And, and yeah, I'm sure he does, but he doesn't give a shit. He's not from Cleveland. He's not a Browns fan. The guy was a minority owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers four years ago. Yeah. I mean, I I had hopes when, I believe it was uh, not this past season, but the one before, and it was one of the, you know, there was a lot of tight games that season. Right. Much like the last season. And it came (laughs) down to a throw, I can't remember who it was, but Wheaton threw a ball on like a fourth down, and it was like a drop touchdown, essentially. And they cut to Haslam, like, sort of pounding his fist, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, this guy hates losing as much as I do. And he's at the game. Lerner yeah. was at the game. But the more it goes along, I'm just kind of like, I don't know. Doesn't quite smell right. Yeah, I mean, he just wants to make money. And I'm not going to fault him for that either. I mean, it would be nice if he wanted to win because there's a lot of fans that would like him. But ultimately, like, it's his business he's trying to make money on. He's going to make money regardless. I mean, he's going to make $10.5 million less over the next couple of years. But <laughs> he's going to make money regardless. I mean, But would he make more money if uh, they won more games? Maybe. 
what are they, $45 million under the salary cap? You'd probably have to spend a little bit of that. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, and all he cares about is getting that shit subsidized by the city, too. You know, the city of Cleveland's going to be paying for that through taxes, the scoreboard, and everything else he wants to do. Right. And another thing to think about there, too, is, like, you know, if he were truly a Browns fan, maybe Phil Dawson would still be on the team. And we're looking at losing Alex Mack and T.J. Ward, two people who I would like to see remain Browns, you know. And I I would be, honestly, at this point, surprised if they forked out the dough necessary to keep either of those dudes. Well, yeah, and Banner and Lombardi have a history of not doing that with veteran players that are making that kind of money. I mean, they, you know, the the Phil Dawson situation was very similar to the David Akers thing when he was in Philadelphia, and they they cut his ass because they didn't, you know, like Banner is one of those people that doesn't understand paying someone $3 million when you could draft someone and pay them 600000 Right. I think it's like a kicker or like a safe, like people that aren't a quarterback or, you know. But yeah, it sucks. Those are all, you know, for us, those are our players that we, you know, kind of hang on to. Guys that, like, you watch. Yeah, a pro game. bowler and a pro bowl alter- alternate. Yeah. Which, I mean, TJ Ward, for me, was the, a, a real highlight of this season. I mean, he was, was the awesome. guy I wanted to see, like, he stepped up. He fucking. You know, dealt out punishment. That's what I've wanted to see on defense for a while, you know, and now it's going to happen. He'll be playing for somebody else. Right. We'll get Osama Young back or something for $900,000 a year. (laughs) Whose hair is Um, nowhere near as cool. No, not at all. Mm -hmm. He can't tackle. I don't know if anyone remembers Osama Young. Like, I used to watch that guy, like, put his arms through air every time somebody (laughs) ran by him and just fall down. He sucked. (laughs) I think he's still playing somewhere, too. On your Madden team? <laughs> oh, no, I traded his ass. On the, nobody even wanted him on there. I had to trade him for, like, a six-round pick. So what do you um, guys think about the Matt Miller, you know, saying he got a text from a player saying that Chud was a douche versus, like, Dequell Jackson and Joe Thomas saying that they thought Chud deserved better? There what, 53 people on the active roster and then You're right. team yeah. and all that. Somebody's probably going to think he's a douche out of that many people. Like uh-huh. if I had eighty people, probably most of them would. But at least most of them are, you would, would think yeah. I'm a douche. But Chud's a nicer guy than you. We think. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. we don't know. Yeah. I'm a nice guy. You're a nice guy, and, and I mean, I think he is right there. I I would side with that too, Brian. But I also think it's interesting. You know, all this stuff is very calculated, man. I mean, like, you know, for that report to get released. You know, he they knew the Browns knew that people were going to come out, especially the veterans, and probably, luckily for them, the veterans that they don't want to pay money to, like mm-hmm. Dequell Jackson and Joe Thomas, uh, and we're going to speak out in favor of Chud. And so, you know, I think they probably leaked this. I'm sure some people didn't like him. I can see Josh Gordon calling everybody douches. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it doesn't it doesn't matter in the slightest whether he's a douche or not. You know. Yeah, uh, Belichick seems like a total douche. Yeah. And no one's calling for his head or resignation. <clears throat> winning douches versus losing douches. Yeah. Yeah, right? I'd rather have a winning douche. Yeah. I yeah, but I think Chud could have been a winning douche maybe if given, you know, given the at least another year or two. Yeah. I mean, I think probably a lot of these guys are douchebags, probably. 
I'm sure we they wouldn't want to hang out with us. For the well, they're probably like the uh, the football fans we talked about some weeks ago. Right. <clears throat> then you, I mean, you said it before, Brian. If if you know somebody gave twenty three year old you you know millions of dollars to play a game, yeah. you know you might not be the nicest guy in the world either. <laughs> I'd be shining. I'd be hooking all you up with fucking like Mercedes and stuff. <laughs> awesome. podcast and everybody would be listening because they'd be getting paid a dollar. <laughs> I do um, want to mention one thing about Josh Gordon because yeah. I noticed, like I think we all did, that his mentality seemed a bit, uh, you know, sour maybe during the games the past couple, at least the last week. Yeah. yeah, but I did read that he was playing with the flu. Oh, so hopefully that's all it is, and he, you know, because he seems like he's buddy buddy with, you know, Joe Hayden and other studs on the team. So yeah, and I, I also hope that someone like Gordon, you know, for what it's worth, whatever little bit of loyalty exists in modern pro sports, you know, the Browns really took a chance on him when they drafted him, and they gave up quite a bit, and they did it when not a lot of other teams. We're going to do that. And so I hope maybe he remembers that. I don't know. Probably won't. Yeah, and I mean, how about that? The receiving yards leaders on the Browns this season? What the hell? That's awesome. (laughs) Awesome. It's crazy, man. Right? Yeah. Could you imagine if he had a skilled quarterback throwing passes to him? He would have had like 4,000 yards. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. I think you're selling it short. (laughs) <laughs> At least 10,000. Let's, let's just hope that uh, Lombardi and Banner are throwing whatever he wants through his window at night. Right. Yeah. Weed. Weed. Keep him in town. <laughs> Weed, Weed scissor up and pussy. <laughs> Gonna toss that pussy right through the window. <laughs> so the next thing you had on here, you know, and obviously we mentioned that team leaders, Dequel Jackson, Joe Thomas, the people that you would think, the veteran guys that have been around this team for a while, through several coaches and a couple owners and GMs and everything, came out in favor of Chud. But and that segues into the next thing we want to talk about, which we've hit on a little bit. But like, what does this say about the Browns organization? That's the bigger issue because I think we can all agree here. Like, we all like Chud, right? We all think it's stupid that he only had a season. Yeah. But my problem, and, and I think you guys, from what we've talked about so far, both on air this episode and, and you know through text messages and chatting about this, that the our issue is how this fits within what the organization's doing, both how the Browns are viewed through the rest of the league and also internally. Like, what the hell is their plan? What are they doing? I don't know if they have one. I don't think they do. I think they just have a D20 and a list of <laughs> potential results and right. roll those dice. I mean, <laughs> we talked think- about – oh, go on. I think they saw a nice story with Chud that could keep fans showing up. You know, he's a hometown guy, mm, Browns fan for life. Yeah. And and jumping ahead slightly, I don't think they got the coach they wanted last season. And so they chose a sellable idea and then bailed on him the first chance they got. Yeah. I mean, was he to blame for this collapse? I mean, I don't think coaching was the problem, but is that the easiest thing? You can't. I mean, who else are you going to get rid of? What else are you going to do if you're them? They lost, I mean, what, what was it, 10 of their last 11 or some shit? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I think without a, a quarterback or a running back, right. yeah. <laughs> how, do you, how do you expect to do shit? You exactly. Know? 
defense is decent. We had some decent guys who can catch balls. We had some that can't catch balls. Sure can. But, uh, uh, you know, like, I, ultimately I don't blame Chud or the coaching for the season. I really don't. I mean, like, three different quarterbacks in one season – Two of whom, I mean, like, I saw Jason Campbell play in Chicago, and he was fucking terrible. Yeah. I saw Whedon play last season, and he certainly wasn't. I mean, he regressed, I think, which is sad because he was already <laughs> terrible. Well, he's uh, over the hill now already. He had, like, four yeah. months only where he could get better because now he's, like, 43 years old. So they only, when they drafted him at a very short window. He's too but busy I, thinking about his grandkids. He's got I mean, the playoffs are on TV right now, and yeah. the teams that win the playoffs and the teams that are in the playoffs have either franchise quarterbacks or really good quarterbacks, and we yeah. don't have either of those things. Yeah. And also, with a grain of salt, I mean, how many people, you know, and obviously he had a bad game today, but my Facebook feed was just full of Cincinnati fans talking about how terrible Dalton is. Um, I. And, and, yeah, he didn't have a good game. He hasn't had a good game in any of the three playoff games he's gotten to. But as a Browns fan, there's a part of the sentence I just said that is very interesting to me that a Bengals fan wouldn't pick up on, which was three playoff games. Yeah, exactly. Like, I would take a quarterback that plays playoffs. three playoff games and loses. Playoffs. <laughs> right? I mean. He was undefeated at home, too, right? Yeah, I mean, geez, dude, I'll take. And I saw someone like. Someone was like, they need to trade Andy Dalton to Browns. And then someone I knew who's a Browns fan was like, we don't want him. I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'll take Andy Dalton right now. <laughs> Definitely. How many other people are better than Andy Dalton and are going to come to Cleveland? I would take him. Trade him. I'll take Marvin Lewis, too. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I saw Duke Edwards. I'm going to give him a shout-out here quick. Um, you know, the Bengals, I don't know if they ended up selling all of their remaining tickets. They did. They did. I think Kroger bought the last couple thousand, though. I think it was, uh, it was Procter & Gamble. Yeah, so, I mean, and I'm not going to, you know, say anything about that. That stuff happens. In Cleveland, that happens, too. Yeah, you see with diapers. But, you know, Luke Edwards brought up on Facebook that the, if the Browns had a playoff game, it could be taking place in any weather whatsoever, and it would sell out in five seconds. Yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Maybe the largest if in the world right now. Well, yeah, right? I mean, totally. I'm just saying that, but you're telling me But that. I think all four of us would be, you know, selling our last record to go to it, too. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'd hop yeah. on a freighter from uh, Duluth and take it down the Great Lakes to Cleveland. That would take a while. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah. that just further affirms the commitment, you know? Yeah, exactly. I'd paddle that motherfucker in a canoe. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so we, we talked about this, Brian, you hit on this briefly, but the thought is, is that maybe they didn't get what they wanted, that they didn't really want Chud. Chud was like a plan D last year. I mean, obviously he hadn't been interviewed by any other teams. They jumped on him pretty quick, but it was after, I mean, Chip Kelly, and this is the other thing too, like in retrospect, I was thinking about this the other day, that Chip Kelly literally didn't want to coach the Browns so bad that he faked going back to college. Yeah. Remember he interviewed he interviewed with the Eagles and the Browns and it seemed like Chip it was Kelly going well. He's an evil genius too for the record. And he is like, No, I'm staying with Oregon and he waited like a week and a half until like, you know, all the Cleveland people were like, All right, Chud and then he was like, Nope, Eagles and just like went back to the Eagles. But and that, was totally, he didn't want to come to the Browns. That Chip Kelly offense would not work here because it relies on having skill players with actual skill. Right, and depth. Yeah. 
Well, and I mean, granted, subtract our fandom, who are you going to pick, you know? Yeah, no, I hear you. How many dollars were involved? That's a... And the other thing to throw out, too, is that he was facing sanctions, too. Right. When he went back to Oregon, it's like, oh, shit, yeah. they're on to me. Yeah, I'm right. here. That, was, that was right about the same time. You know, you probably like the Philadelphia Eagles guy was, like, calling up Oregon and the NCAA and being like, what about them sanctions? As soon as, like, you went back, I'm like, oh, shit, oh, no bowl games? Oh, man, I'll go coach the Eagles for a gajillion dollars. <laughs> Speaking of a gajillion dollars, I want to bring this up later. We were going to talk about how many coaches the Browns are, pay- are paying right now. <laughs> You're paying lots. Pat Shermer's still getting paid, I think, too. Right? Oh, I'm pretty sure, man. I think, yeah. He, I think he, he signed two, a four-year deal. Two years deal. left. He'll be getting paid next year still. What's, what's he doing these days, Pat Shermer? Oddly He's enough, not. offensive coordinator for the Eagles. In the playoffs, dude. Pat well, not anymore. But, you know, I actually heard on some ESPN stuff that he was a name being thrown around for head coaching jobs, too. Yeah. Hey, guy, guy, uh, he has to think about breathing. I believe. So yeah. They call a timeout in order to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> you think Chip Kelly was like, listen, Shermer, you don't say anything, you don't move. <laughs> Just hold the yeah. platform over your mouth. And I mean, that's the thing. Like, offensive coordinator for Chip Kelly, come on. What are you doing? You're eating yeah. donuts. Mm-hmm. Totally, right? Which, again, probably outside Pat Shermer's skill set. Totally, yeah. He's probably got half a donut in his ear. There's powdered sugar all over his shirt. Custard in his eyes. Custard in his eye. He's on the eye. Oh, that's supposed to be custard in it. Um, So they didn't get who they wanted last year. At least this is the theory. So they picked up Chud. But they didn't tell us that. What they told us was that Chud was the guy they wanted. He ate dog bones when he was little. He's awesome, right? He made Cam Newton a superstar. He didn't really probably do that yeah. any more than he made Derek Anderson one for <laughs> six months that one year. Yeah, I'm going to take umbrage. I with bought that. it. I wouldn't want to see him. I've with got you. a little umbrage here, Ian. No, what? No. Let's look at Chud's record, really, of what he did prior to being the Browns head coach. He was the offensive right. coordinator for fired. the Panthers, who went 8 and 8. Yeah, they suck. Under his watch. And then now, this year they're like the number two seed in the playoffs. Yeah, they got a five. So, I mean, the there is that yeah. too. Like, maybe he wasn't that great. That's a he possibility. Wasn't. He probably wasn't. I mean, that's the thing. How many times did he get fired by the fucking Browns? They fired him three times now, right? <laughs> he was offensive and, coordinator. I think when they first came back, he was like uh, some sort of offensive line coach or something. I don't remember what. He was something. He had a smaller job when they first came back. What does an offensive line coach do? He's, go block. <laughs> he eats donuts. <laughs> Puts him in his butt. Make sure and, Joe Thomas likes him. And Panthers players talk shit about him. They were like, oh, he yeah. changed his scheme to get hired, blah, blah, blah. You know, And granted, Steve Smith, I think, was the guy doing this, and he's a shit talker. He is a but, shit talker. But, you know, there's, there's that as well. Agreed, agreed. I think that that's important to keep in mind. I mean, we're sitting here, and that's the thing, is that is that what the being a Browns fan does to you, I think, is that you're like, Judd, we need another year of Judd, and this guy probably sucked and had no reason to get hired in the first place. But just because we don't want our coach to keep getting fired, that's what we end up doing. Yeah. 
And I've also heard that they hired him because he could bring in two better candidates than him to be offensive and defensive coordinators. Right. I mean, think about that. I think Ray Horton, who's already interviewing for other head coaching jobs, and North Turner, who's been a head coach (laughs) and been a successful coordinator, Coordinator. are are better head coaches than – or better coaches than Chud is, at least on on record. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Chud. Uh, Um, But I agree with our text. The poor bastard never had a chance. Never had a chance, man. I wonder, like, I mean, obviously last year they were going for bigger names. I wonder if they have somebody kind of in pocket already. They want Josh McDaniels. We'll talk about that later. I think that's who it is, man. I think we're just waiting. I think they're playing it off a little longer. They got an interview. They didn't want to leave last year. They wanted him last year, and he didn't want to leave yet. And I think that's I probably hope they do because if they don't, if they bumble this shit again, they're they are they are the dumbasses we think they are. Yeah. Yeah. God, Josh McDaniels, man. Yeah. We'll get to it. <sighs> yeah, let's take. <laughs> we got through Pat Shermer. <laughs> so should we go to the clip? Because I yeah, need to use so. the bathroom. I think so. <laughs> Why don't you? Piss break. It's how the sausage is made, America. Um, we're going to play a little clip from the Banner Lombardi Haslam uh, press conference. Actually, one of them wasn't there. Who wasn't there? I think uh, Lombardi. Lombardi. A Banner and Haslam press conference. Dog. Yeah, they had after firing Chud. Um, and specifically, uh, this one part where a reporter um, from Cleveland asked them what we think is a very important question. We'll be back six B's and a P. Jimmy, uh, Rose with 19 Action News. I'm not a sports guy. I'm a news guy, so new to all this. Uh, so I'm in here as a voice to the fans uh, to ask their questions. Small, small sampling from our Facebook page, as you can imagine. Blew up uh, the news last night. Real quick, uh, this team remains an embarrassment, not only to the NFL, but the fans as well. We deserve better. Who really cares anymore? They have lost their fans trying to outsmart the rest of the league, and frankly, they've encouraged apathy instead of hope. And lastly, totally done with anything Browns. Haslam and his, these are their words, Haslam and his stooges, Banner and Lombardi, can pack up and get out of Cleveland. Jimmy, can you assure the fans, their words, not mine, that you don't have the three stooges running this operation? Yeah, listen, uh, I feel really confident we have the right people to take this organization where we need to, okay? And I think what the fans need to understand is, and you all have heard me say on numerous occasions since we've been here about a year and a half now, we have the best fans in the world, okay? And I've said our fans deserve better. And what I want our fans to hear is nobody cares about winning is going to work any harder to get us there than the people you're looking at right now, particularly the owner, okay? We take this extremely seriously, and I purposely said what I said earlier. It galls me when you all write, and you have the right to do it, and people have the right to say it, same old Browns. It's our single mission to change that. And the apology to the Browns that we're now set back yet another year, and here we are again, an apology that you made the wrong choice with the wrong guy? You know, listen, we could, we could get into that all you want. I think the key me- method message needs to be we're going to work hard to get this right, okay? We're going to work hard to get this right, and we're going to do everything we can to get it right. I just want to add, I mean, as unpopular uh, and undesirable for us to be sitting here right now and acknowledging that we didn't get it right, uh, I think the fact that we're making this change makes a statement that we're not going to accept not being really successful. And I think that 
uh, whether you agree with the decision or not, that that's an important message for our fans to hear. It may be one of the things that we feel uh, will make a difference as we go forward. We're going to demand of everybody, including on, especially and starting with ourselves, uh, that we be successful. And if we're not, we're going to do what we need to to get there. Yeah, and I, but but one second, I'll say one other thing. These are expensive moves, okay? And so we're not only just saying it, we're talking with our pocketbook here, okay? So these are not cheap moves to make, and I'm not saying that should be the guiding factor, but we're doing everything we can to get this right. Nyak, nyak, nyak. Whoa, wise guy. Why, I got a... It's great. I am, I am watching America's Funniest Home Videos in the background, and just as you did the uh, sound effect... Um, a, an old guy got hit in the dick with a uh, baseball. There it is, America. You know Perfect. what? Synchronicity. I just now got why you're doing the Three Stooges noises. That is why. <laughs> that's why we usually have to give um, Ian a more detailed outline than the rest of us. Yeah, it's it's, it's shapes and pictures. Yeah, it's like uh, was it Rebus? <laughs> um, I just. So, Obviously, the hard-hitting questions from the Cleveland media there. A question that we want to know about here on Six Bs and a P, too. Not our um, words. Not, yeah, not our... What did you say? Not our words. Not our words, but we'll agree with it. <laughs> um, and I brought up real quick, too, I brought this up before we started. And then Haslam brings up that he's talking with his pocketbook. He makes a reference to how this isn't cheap. And I think that that's the most asinine, dickheaded thing a rich guy can say that owns a team. Yeah, you know, because it's like, dude, you're running a football team. Like we all know you're rich. Yeah, we all know you got money. And I compared it to being like, you know, going out to dinner with someone that like you're just casually dating or something, and you're reminding them over and over again how expensive everything is. Fuck off. Like a guy that owns a professional NFL team, everything's cheap. Yeah, I mean, like a couple million dollars ain't shit, right? Yeah, I wanted to say that uh, Jimmy Haslam. It sounds a lot different from when he was on the, what the second or third episode of this season. Yeah, you're right. He really has cleaned his act up. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, not, not so much of a hillbilly. Yeah. That's because we that's still his. We still don't know about topic. Michael Lombardi. He's kind of an elusive fellow. He is yeah. not at the press conference. Have him on sometime again. Yeah, making the meatballs. <laughs> um, so Chuck gives $10.5 million to do nothing, which has made me realize that when I always talk about, man, I wish I could have a bunch of money and not have to work, and everyone's always like, that's impossible, that it's not. <laughs> He's got to be a coach of the Browns for a year, yep. and then you get paid for several more years. I mean, we're, we're, we're not getting any money from the Browns, and arguably we're doing more for them than Chud or Pat Shermer at this point. <laughs> sure. And we, all we do is basically shit all over the franchise. Right now. Yeah. I mean, none of us are getting anything. No. It's pro-gumal. a loving sort of shit. Yeah, pro-gumal. money is still rolling in, though. Yeah. Um, so it says here in outline, and I agree with this, if the draft is our Super Bowl, then a new coach is our playoffs every year, right? Since coming back in 1999, the Browns have had seven coaches, and I guess this is a trivia question for me. Later. Later? Yeah, it's coming. Okay. Um, at the same time, Steelers have had two, and they've actually had three since 1969, I believe. <laughs> yeah, one of those two was Cower, who was the coach for 15 years. It just yeah. happened to, you know, Stuck. the line was crossed in 99. 
Well, yeah, and Chuck Knoll was a coach for a while yeah. before that, and obviously Tomlin's not going anywhere. And that and the Bengals have had three, um, one of whom started in '96. So as Brian mentioned with uh, Cower, they overlap a little bit. And Marvin Lewis has been with the Bengals for ten years now. No shit. Um, so I mean, you're talking Marvin Lewis been with the Bengals ten years now. Tomlin's been with the Steelers for a little while. You know, each one of those teams have had rough seasons, and they haven't gotten rid of these people. And, of course, the Ravens, uh, little Harbaugh or, you know, less dickish Harbaugh isn't going anywhere. He won a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah he's not going anywhere for a while, one wouldn't think. Um, so let's get to the exciting stuff, right? If this is our playoffs, let's talk about it. Since we can't talk about actually winning a playoff game, let's talk about who might be the Browns coach next year. And um, we have a list of some of the candidates that we've seen been, that have been popping up regularly enough that they kind of have seemed to be across the board, not necessarily favorites, but possibilities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks like right now that there's four from the pros, and I would say maybe a fifth, which we'll mention after that, um, and then four from college. Um, we, should we start with the pros, probably, huh? Yeah. Yeah, probably. It's you guys see the outline. Yeah, when do you guys start it off? All right. Well, I mean, from what I've heard, I think really of the four, and the four are Adam Gase, offensive coordinator of the Broncos, Josh McDaniels, offensive coordinator of the Patriots, Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator of the Seahawks, and Todd Bowles, defensive coordinator of the Cardinals. I really think only two of those are worth mentioning, and I think it's Adam Gase and Josh McDaniels. Okay. Um, from what I've read, and this is maybe something worth talking about, that Todd Bowles was only interviewed because of the Ro- Rooney rule. Yeah, and I heard they were going to interview Horton, too. So that was, that was... Well, the other thing about Todd Bowles is if you switch that L and E around, it's <laughs> Bowles. Yeah, something to consider. Yeah. Chud was pretty close to Chubb, but I liked that. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's fucked up, though, that there are articles that are like, yeah, they're only interviewing them because of the Rooney rule. That's what, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to shine a, shine a spotlight on my ignorance. What is the Rooney rule? That's where they have to uh, interview a minority candidate for head coach. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's like a team team to, yeah. sort of thing. Now, I'm curious about something. Mm-hmm. I thought about this earlier. Would a woman count for the Rooney rule? Like, obviously, that's never going to Oh, there goes the rest of our listenership. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That episode where Ian called women minorities. Women are minorities. Yeah, I would, I mean, it's a worthy, I I don't disagree with the... I mean, could he interview a fucking mule? (laughs) That one that gets field goals from the Disney movies? You're taking, like, that Republican line of thinking about homosexuality. No, I mean, I mean... (laughs) Yeah. Next Guys, step. I think we need to talk about who the best option for head coach is, and that <laughs> is Air Bud. <laughs> it's Air Bud. Coach Bud. Air Bud. Golden receiver. I believe it's Bud Zinsky. <laughs> I believe it's Jim Brown in a harem of white ladies. <laughs> who are the uh, I, I like that idea, actually. That would actually not be that bad of an idea. Jim Brown's character from Mars Attacks. Uh, yeah. Or from Slaughter. He'll wear in that goddamn hat. I don't think a woman's ever been interviewed for any coaching job in the NFL. That's more what I meant. I didn't mean like, Yeah. you know, I just don't know if that's ever even happened. I Yeah, I, I mean, come on. It's the culture. It's not going to happen. I don't think that's necessarily right, but it's just, yeah. Yeah. 
So out of those two guys that we mentioned, you know, I mean, Dan Quinn kind of excites me based on the fact that the Seahawks defense has been pretty sweet the last couple of years. But Todd Bowles has only been a defensive coordinator for one year because he took over for Horton. Yeah, uh, and benefited from his already good defense, you know. Yeah. So, um, so what about McDaniels and Gase here? I don't know anything about uh, Gase. All I know about Josh McDaniels is apparently he's a big old or something. Didn't he? He played. He coached for the Browns, didn't he? McDaniel's? I believe so. His uh, what he's known for is his uh, brief tenure with the Broncos, where as he, a head coach, that's right. Oh, he drafted yeah. Tim Tebow, didn't he? He yeah. drafted Tebow. He traded away Cutler, and he started out six and zero, but then quickly ran the team into the ground. I think maybe he had nine wins or something total. Right after the first six. Yeah, it was bad. And, and there is a uh, a website devoted to him called joshmcdanielsucks.com. And also along the same line, you know, there's been a lot of conversation. I read a whole article about it the other day, I think on Bleacher Report, about the curse of Belichick coordinators. You know, that these guys always are the first to get looked at mm-hmm. for head coaching jobs, and none of them have ever really done a good job. Well, we tried and we've already had two of them, yeah. yeah. Right? And they talk about even, you know, like even Bill O'Brien, like, you know, who is the hot name, just got hired by the Texans. I mean, like, I understand he was in bad circumstances at Penn State, but, like, the guy went 15-9 and nine or whatever in two years, and he's, like, the hottest shit since sliced bread. You know, it's kind of ridiculous. And most of that, I think, has to do with the Belichick connection. Like, here's this guy you could point to as, oh, he went into Penn State under different difficult circumstances and made it through, and he has the Belichick connection. But Belichick calls his own plays. Right? With the uh, was, uh, draw to he was a defensive guy. Yeah. Every fucking time. I'm not sure. I mean, I think, you know, it, success doesn't necessarily rub off. Right. And the Browns have tested that repeatedly. Right. We've also talked about the theory about whether even successful people would be successful anywhere else but the Browns. We brought that up. Happened if we would have drafted Russell Wilson, you know, or right. if we would have had uh, Chip Kelly this year. I bet we'd be four and twelve, and everybody would be hurt. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you know the top two uh, candidates of the pro coordinator category, you know, are working with Peyton Manning and uh, Tom Brady. So yeah. you know, I mean, there's that too. Yeah, nobody we have no matter who they draft or pick up, is going to be anywhere near, yeah. At least yeah, not I mean, in I, one season, you know. Yeah, no, no, you need to give them more than one season. Because that's the other thing. It's like, you know, um, I read another article in the same lines when I was reading about all these different guys. They basically said, like, look, Adam Gase is an intriguing person. He's kind of a younger, younger. He's been around the coaching league for a while. He kind of deserves a crack at it. But it's like, at the same time, they said in the same article, Guys, Peyton Manning's the offensive coordinator of the Broncos. <laughs> like, you could put a fucking, you know, you could put, like, a stuffed animal out there. It doesn't matter. Like, Peyton Manning's the one doing everything. And Adam yeah, Gates, to a lesser degree, Tom Brady with the Patriots. Right, you know? right, exactly, exactly, yeah. And so, I mean, we could say that some real said both of those quarterbacks have sung the praises of those two dudes, you know, like, because right. I've, I've been reading about this shit, and, like, oh. Peyton Manning is like, I want to work with him forever, and same yeah. thing with Tom Brady. What kind of, what kind of quarterback's going to shit all over his offensive coordinator, though? Like, 
Probably a Browns quarterback at some point. Probably. Robert Griffin III really, did it this year, didn't he? He tried to get his court coordinator fired. He should all over everybody. He got everybody yes, fired. He did. And he's not even that good. That's a bigger shitstorm than what we got. Yeah. You know what? From fantasy football, I am well aware of how not yeah. Robert Griffin is. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, like, the dude, you know, he had a good year last year, but he was 3-10 t- this year as a starter. And he got his whole coaching staff fired. Daniel Snyder's, like, making out with him or something. It's weird. Daniel yeah, Snyder, I mean, uh, I guess that's a takeaway, is that as messy as it is to be a Browns fan, it's messy elsewhere as well. Mm-hmm. Sure. But and not, the fact that the team was so bad and they can't draft anyone as a result because right. of Robert Griffin is pretty yeah. funny. Yeah, the I mean, the Rams got the second pick, man. Rams got the second pick. They almost had the first pick this year again. Ugh. Tough stuff. Um, college coaches. You got Bob Stoops. Yep. James Franklin. Gus something. Malzahn. Malzahn, is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. And supposedly, not true... One James Tressel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, script. honestly, I guess, I mean, personally, I think Josh McDaniels is probably the front runner. He's probably he's going to be the coach. But the college coaches intrigue me more because they're uh, the three main ones there, Stoops, Franklin, Malzahn, are all people who have turned around losing right. places, you know. Yeah. And that's what the Browns need, someone who can fucking rehaul a, an organization and, and change the mentality. Well, here's a question. Sure. I mean, their, their top candidate, Josh McDaniels, what if he looks at what happened with Chud and says, I mean, I could go to Detroit, I could go to Minnesota, right. and they're probably not going to fire me after right. you, regardless of what happens. That was my biggest concern when all this happened, was, you know, there was seven jobs or whatever that opened up. I think it's seven now. Something like including that. Including the Titans just fired their guy. The Titans. Um, it's the Texans that are going to probably get, uh, or they did get O'Brien. Texans got Bill O'Brien, um, and Lovey Smith went to the Bucks. So now there's the Redskins, there's the Lions, Browns, Vikings, Browns, Vikings and Titans. Is that right? Sure. And the Raiders? Do the Raiders play their coach? Hey, I don't think they have. Yet. I don't think they have yet. They're still here for like late breaking NFL news. Yeah. So that's five <laughs> openings, and you can make the argument I think fairly easily that the Browns, maybe with the exception of the Redskins, is the worst one out of those. The Browns. least safe. Yeah. For a coach, I mean, yeah. what what do the Browns have that would entice a coach to say, "Yeah, I want to take that over"? They Josh Gordon, Joe Thomas, and a bunch of draft picks, and a, you know, a defense that played a lot better than the final like points allowed would indicate. I guess. And an owner who's going to go to jail, and the assurance that even if you get fired, you will be paid millions of dollars afterwards. <laughs> it's true. I always say, too, that the, the thing to remember about any Cleveland coaching job, not just the Browns, but the Indians and the Cavs, too, is like, and it's pretty important, and I don't think it matters to everybody, but I think it's something that weighs in with some people, is that you have a chance to be a god. That is true. and that's, You can do it, man. You and you might be... get a second chance, like Mike Brown. Right. Yeah. He's when, his. when LeBron left Cleveland, that was like the big point that my dad was making. Like, you know, he could go win a championship in Miami with Dwayne Wade or whatever, but if he had won it in Cleveland, he would have been fucking Jesus Christ returned. Totally. Totally. I might, uh, I might suck a dick if that happened. <laughs> yeah. A dick or just his dick? Either way. Doesn't right. matter. 
That's, I shouldn't say that. That's so that's, real fast, real fast. We have a lot. To say, I'm going to be in Chicago in February. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have a lot to get to here, and as much as I want to talk about your two torrid love affair, who do you guys want to be the coach, Ryan? Or who do you think's going to be it, and who would you want to be it? I guess two different questions. I mean, my my dream coach is and always will be Gruden. But we all know that's never going to happen. The Monday night quarterback? Good old Gruden. Spider 2Y banana. <laughs> um, of the candidates that are maybe feasible, I don't even know. I, I, I read about Gus Malzahn from Auburn last last night, and I like him the best, I guess. Okay. But I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, probably not. Especially if he wins Monday. Yeah. He's got all that co-ed puss-puss waiting for him if they win that national championship. <laughs> Isn't he the one that coached the uh, you know, national powerhouse of Arkansas State last year? Yeah, Anything something like that. Yeah. And he's, a, you know, I think there's the thing with the with Cleveland that we now have lost with Chud is that, like, I think you need to find somebody with some sort of Ohio connection uh, because, like, Cleveland's not exactly an enticing place for anyone. Well, right. Jim Tressel coached at Youngstown State for a number of years. Josh McDaniels is from yeah. Ohio State, of course. And Bob Stoops is from Youngstown. So, yep. I mean, I think it's probably McDaniels or Stoops, honestly. What do you think, Ian? I, I'm, I'll agree with Weeby. Like, McDaniels or Stoops would probably do me just fine. I honestly don't know fuck all about any of these guys. I just want to point out that you did state for the record that Bob Stoops would do you just fine. <laughs> probably. I mean, I don't know. Like, he seems all right. He seems like he'd be a tender lover. Yeah, that's actually the exact phrase I was about to use. Chris Pollan, what do you think? I agree. He would be a tender lover. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Uh, no, I, uh, I like Ian. I, I don't know anything about any of these guys, but I like the notion of someone coming in who was able to turn a franchise around. Because I, I, or, you know, I, I think that's what we need. Clearly. I mean, where was where was Stoops before Oklahoma? Does anybody recall? I don't know. He's been in Oklahoma for about 15 years. Yeah. He's been there for... I mean, if, if I remember correctly, there were rumors about Stoops when Mangini got hired. Or maybe it was Romeo Cornell. Yeah. Like he's, his know. name's been brought up in relation to the Browns before, and it probably is just the Ohio Connection thing. Um, I just wikied him. He was, uh, he's been in Oklahoma since 99. Okay. Uh, but he was a defensive coordinator at Florida and Kansas State prior to that. Okay, so he's never been in the NFL. Interesting. I like that, though. I mean, mm. you know. Work for uh, Chip Kelly. So, Brian, you said your dream coach is Gruden. Ian, do you have a dream coach? Um, Bernard Kozar. All right. You're Bernie's <laughs> father. Noted Brit. <laughs> 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 well, let's move. We, I had one more thing. What about you, Costco? What about yeah. you? Uh, yeah, Brian Costco. <laughs> asking us all the goddamn questions. Hot seat, hot seat, hot seat, hot seat. <laughs> that uh, rumple, mince, and uh, cayenne pepper in the butthole. Um, I, I think you guys are right. I think it's probably going to be McDaniel's. I think that's their guy. I think that's who they're after. Um, 
you know, I mean, as far as a dream coach, I don't know, I might get lynched for saying this, but I like Bill Cowher, man. Really? I've always thought, you know, I mean, he played for the Browns, man, when he was a player. He always, you know, um, I don't know. I always liked, I liked his tenacity with the Steelers. I like someone that kind of you have to take seriously, you he know? He does have the most masculine jawline in the history of the Yeah, world. I mean, he's... He just, like, I think in between plays would just smash walnuts with his jaw. I, I mean, I agree with everything you've said. I would accept him as the Browns coach in a heartbeat. Yeah, it'll never happen. I was but asking I the hot seat if uh, I would accept somebody from Pittsburgh, and I still wouldn't. Even no, you don't want Cowher? No, fucking. I mean, see, that's what I'm saying, though, but we can, that's, and I, Ian, I, I appreciate that, and I feel that way, too, for the most part. Like, Bill Cowher is also someone who's, like, was a coach of one team for 15 years. It's like, we need to find our guy that's like that. All we're doing is recycling through people's garbage right Who's now. the last long-term coach we had? Uh, Schottenheimer? I don't think Schottenheimer was there that long. I mean, he might have been there for five years. That's long-term Fuck for the man. Browns. <laughs> it is long-term for the Browns. He got fired right away on some bullshit, too. Who was it before Schottenheimer? Cardiac Kids coach. It was... uh. The guy that's mentioned in the 12 Days of Cleveland Round Christmas, Sam Rattigliano. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Rattigliano Super Bowl team. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, no one else wanted to hire Rob Chudzinski as their head coach. No one else wanted to hire, you know, whoever the fuck else we talked to. Like, it's just we need to find – and the thing is, is we got to find someone and just stick with them because – what Weeby mentioned before, like no one wants to come to Cleveland. There's still other openings that are better than the Browns. I'd go to the Lions or, you know, even the Vikings maybe, you know? I, I don't know. Maybe not the Redskins, but. But I'd rather live in Washington than either of those three places. Right, right, right. I, mean, I don't know. I have an Ohio love, so maybe well, I'd want to live in Cleveland. but I live in Minnesota. But you're complaining about how cold is it there now? It's true, dude. All you do is complain about Minnesota. Don't try to ever claim that you like that place. I'm going to give you the current update on Minnesota. If we had more money, I would be able to pull up instantaneously 50 minutes straight of Ian complaining about Minnesota. I will say this. Minneapolis is, in terms of the way it's viewed, a cooler, you know, in, in terms of hip, not temperature, town than Cleveland or Detroit. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Minneapolis downtown is like the only downtown I've ever been in where things actually happen. And people. there's a history hey. of social activism. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I lived in uh, Chaska for a bit. Chaska? Minneapolis is kind of cool. Things happen in downtown Cleveland. They're just not the things you want to happen. <laughs> let, let me just throw in, fuck St. Paul. No, actually, there are parts of St. Paul that I care for. Ian, come on. Well, by parts, I mean a bar in St. Paul that I like. Yeah, I mean, you like it because it's a bar. I'm sure there's one in Minneapolis. It'd be all right. There are several in Minneapolis. I like current weather in St. Cloud, Minnesota, negative 18.2 degrees. Feels like negative 35. Jesus Christ. I know, man. I'm going to die if I go outside. All right, well, don't go outside. Jim Schwartz has been mentioned as a possible defensive coordinator. I think that's kind of BS because they said that the coach is going to get the higher of the coordinators. Yeah, it's jumping the gun a bit, I feel. Brian Weeby mentions here that any guy that almost starts a rumble with Harbaugh is fine by him. I agree. Yeah, I I like that. I watched that again. Like I watched coaches ranting today on YouTube, and uh, 
Schwartz nearly starting a fight with Harbaugh and all of those things. Like, that's what I want. I want a coach that's going to fucking talk shit and fuck people up. Somebody with belly fire. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Chud had that, but he didn't. Well, here's a question for you guys. Who is your favorite Browns coach? Mm. Me personally, and I have a short history, which will come up later. A little uh, teaser there. Romeo or Cornell. What? Do I have to just pick out of the ones that we've had since they've been back? No, no, because I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I mean, probably Schottenheimer, man. Yeah. That, I mean, that was sort of the most hope. Yeah, the, and that Schottenheimer was the coach of the Browns I grew up with when I first, like, learned about football and all that. And, and Bernie was there, and they were going to the fucking AFC Championship every other year and losing to those goddamn Broncos led by that horse-toothed cunt. <laughs> Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we figured it out. Yeah, Who's your favorite Browns coach, Chris Pullen? Um, well, I don't really have one, so I'm going to say the next one. He's my favorite. Ooh, I like or that. she. Or she. Or <laughs> it, if it's a mule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or Air Bud. Budzinski. Um, <laughs> playoffs are going on right now. Playoffs! Um, Bill Dawson. Former Brown just kicked a field goal to win the game for the Niners over the Packers in some very cold temperature. I, I'm aware of those cold temperatures. Yeah. Um, and I even talked, I sent a text to Brian yesterday, too, or to the group, I think, about how it's kind of surreal. You know, you watched the first game, and it was Alex Smith and Andy Reid, a coach that the Browns could have went after and a quarterback they could have tried to sign, and they didn't do either one of those things. And Chip Kelly in the last game, and just sort of had this weird, like, alternate universe. I hate to do the what-if stuff, but you're like, man, all these guys are in the playoffs. And Dawson um, just won it for San Francisco. Yeah. And here's another little tidbit. Shane Graham, Shane, Shane Graham exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. So two former Browns kickers that have kicked for the Browns within, like, let's say the last season and year. a little bit, last year, mm-hmm. both won playoff games today. That's unfucking believable this weekend. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's the Browns. Ah. We got good kickers in this town, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. What do we got now, Billy Cundiff? Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's the worst of those three, I think. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> he loses playoff games for other Billy, teams that we hate. Billy, we'd love to have you on the show. Like, I'd, I'd rather he lost a playoff game for a team that we hate than one, one for one we don't care about. There sure. you go. Fucking Ravens. Um, yeah, the Ravens can eternally eat my ass. Who do you guys root for in the playoffs? Does anybody have any sticks? No, I have nothing. I, I mean, once the regular season ends, and even usually before that with the Browns, I stop giving a shit about football. I like players, so I can't help but choose a team when I'm watching a game. And of the four games this weekend, only one team I was going for won, and that was the Colts. Yeah, but Colts wins are bad for us, right? I know. I know it's bad for us. We'll talk about that uh, later, too. Bernie had a tweet about that. But like I said, I root for players, and, uh, you know, nothing about the Chiefs intrigues me. I like, like, as I mentioned before, if I had another team, maybe it would be the Packers, and I like Aaron Rodgers, and they lost today, you know. Who do you like on the Colts? Uh, You know... Maybe this is uh, blasphemy, but I, I do still want Trent Richardson to be good. Yeah. Trent Richardson and, has a one carry for zero yards. 
and a fumble, and a fumble. He fumbled on his one carry. And that's why, Brian, I think it's okay for Brian to still want him to be good, because I think he needs all the help he can get. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. My my grandparents are from Indianapolis, so I've always had some, you know, like, interest in the Colts. So that's my Colts connection. Cool. Uh, Justified. And, but, yeah. you know, I, I honestly... Eh, I, I don't have major. I will always pick a team, but I can't say I picked one in particular. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of was leaning towards Eagles and Packers this weekend, and they both lost. Um, yeah. And I mentioned when we talked about other teams we would root for in previous a couple weeks ago. I mentioned the Seahawks, so they're still in. That's my other team. Do you guys care about um, you know the uh, AFC versus NFC? Nah, no. I don't. And I'm not one of those. I read an article earlier, and I actually was excited to see this was in our outline. That so I think it was waiting for next year. Posted on Facebook, like, so what's the deal today, Browns fans? Are you rooting for the Bengals? Um, do you root for another AFC North team in this case? Do you hope they get beat? And I was gonna see how you guys felt about that. I mean, I don't. The Bengals are my least hated team out of the division, but I still don't really like them, and, and I find them to be a little bit annoying. <laughs> I agree with all of that, but I was rooting for them today. Not necessarily because of them, but, like, I hate Philip Rivers. He seems like a gigantic turd. Yeah. And the fact that he won a game throwing 16 passes, go fuck yourself. Ugh, I hate all of that. I Agreed. I hate the Bengals, just going back to the Schottenheimer days when they had fucking Boomer Esiason and they were actually good for... uh, uh, but as far as like the playoffs go, I'm I'm a Browns fan more than I'm an NFL fan. So once the Browns are out, I just completely lose interest. That in makes sense. That's fair. Yeah. Chris, huh? You rooting for anybody for the Bengals? Uh, not really. Uh, I don't know. I it. I like to watch the playoffs just because it's good teams and it's generally exciting. I mean, uh, yeah, these have all been great games. Yeah, week. this weekend was crazy, with um, the exception of the Bengals game. Really, wasn't that great of a game? <laughs> oh yeah. <Right>. Was... <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. I I'm somewhere in between uh, Ian and and the Brian Michaels. You know, I I lose some interest, but not all interest. Sure, the Browns are done. Well. The Niners won, as we mentioned, off of Phil Dawson last-second field goal to win the game. And I think what pushed them over the edge was a certain person that they brought in for a motivational speech. Was he a person who's styling and profiling? Yeah, that's correct. Does he look like my 75-year-old lesbian grandmother? I'm not sure, but I'll say yes since I was so specific. Um, Rick Flair, wrestling legend Rick Flair, was brought in to talk to the Niners. Yeah, and I don't. Chris, five year I wanted Chris to handle this because Chris is um, our six B one P wrestling expert. Yeah, now it's Chris's turn to shine. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing about football and a few things about wrestling. Um, I I was surprised. Uh, you know, Flair is known as a, a North Carolina boy. You know, Charlotte was his home territory forever. Uh, so I'm surprised he's not uh, back in the Panthers. Aren't they in the playoffs? Yeah, they have a bye. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think uh, Flair probably goes where the money is. He's had some problems uh, managing money throughout his entire wrestling career. That's 
it's sad, sad stuff, but I have a feeling that that's probably what drew him to the Niners. Yeah. Um, maybe they gave him some energy drinks. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> they gave still... Bill Dawson 65 Ric Flair energy drinks. Yeah. Woo! I think he, he's still play, paying alimony to, like, four women. I don't know. Ric Flair or Phil Dawson? Ric Flair. <laughs> I don't know about Dawson. I was um, hoping it was 400 women. Yeah, well, Space Mountain is a popular ride. Hey, <laughs> hot seat, guys. Hot seat, hot seat, hot seat. <laughs> Who's your favorite wrestler of all time? Ooh. Yeah. Is that for you me? Know, or? I grew up watching a ton of wrestling when I was little, probably in the same era as all of you guys. Um, I had gotten away from it some, but you know, I used to have the little ring and the the figures of the elastic rubber band wrestling yeah, ring. Like the, uh, the stuffed wrestler guys, what were they called? Oh, wrestling the buddies, buddies, wrestling buddies. Yeah. Yeah, I still I have had, my macho man. <laughs> I think I had Ultimate Warrior, actually, maybe. Um, my favorite wrestler, one of them at least, um, is definitely Superfly Jimmy Snuka. Mm, the murderer. Is he a murderer? <laughs> yep. Oh, <laughs> no, that's um, Ray Lube Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been a brown. <laughs> Brian Weeby? Uh, well, I mentioned it pre-podcast, and I, I'm going to stick with it. There's some others that have a soft spot for me. I, I've always liked the Luchadors. I'm going to say that as a general thing. But uh, Stone Cold. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin. The man jumped on the turnbuckle, pounded two beers, and kicked ass. What always blew me away was his ability to catch those beers. Yeah! were flung at them. I mean, he, I, he only missed a few. It was pretty amazing. Stone Cold Steve Austin was definitely after my time as a wrestling aficionado. Like once yeah, I, I was, with all things, late, late to the game. Yeah. And my era was probably my freshman, sophomore year of high school. I felt like it was a real resurgence in wrestling popularity. Yeah, it was when mm-hmm. NWO and, you know, Stinger were going at it in WCW. Yeah. And it was when Stone Cold and The Rock and Triple H and Shawn Michaels were running game in the uh, WWF. Yeah. And it was a good period for wrestling, from what I'm told. And Absolutely. I was fucking entertained as hell in that period of my life, so... I had to choose somebody from that period, and I think Stone Cold was, without a doubt, the most uh, badass from that time. Yeah. Uh, I like Weeby actually came to wrestling a little later in life, uh, although uh, I, I watched the <laughs> same era that he did. That's probably when I first got started, you know, the, the Monday Night Wars and so forth. Um, but my favorite wrestler of all time is uh, from before that. He's from the Hulkamania era, even though I have trouble calling it the Hulkamania era. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, hands down, my favorite wrestler of all time. Um, he cut the best promos. Uh, he was incredibly gifted in the ring, uh, and I think uh, he could call a match uh, incredibly well and, and wasn't afraid to put other guys over. His match with uh, Ultimate Warrior, where he you know, dropped five elbows on him from the turnbuckle and still lost. You know, he, he scripted that match. I think I think Macho Man is, is what wrestling is all about. He also snapped into a Slim Jim like none other. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'm going to answer this hot seat question also, and I'm going to cheat it. My favorite wrestler was a tag team. It That's was okay. Demolition. Axe and Ooh, nice. What about Crush? 
I, no, I didn't care for Crush. Crush was better when he was the Hawaiian surfer. But, uh, making kids cry, brah. The fact that my favorite wrestlers were a couple of like fat middle-aged white dudes in bondage That's gear, a lot. it speaks volumes. <laughs> they had a great theme song, though. I think that yeah. might have been a, a what's his name, Rick Springfield, Rick, Rick Derringer, one of those guys. Yeah. Steve Winwood. <laughs> um, Chris, are there any famous wrestlers from Ohio? You bet your sweet bippy there are. Right. As I mentioned, my favorite macho man, uh, Randy Savage, is from Columbus, actually. Yeah, really? Uh, the, late, the late Randy Savage, yeah. Um, God as, bless him. God bless him, indeed. I don't believe in God, but if I did, I'd say... Bless no. Randy Savage. <laughs> There's a great picture, too, of uh, right after uh, Macho Man passed away, uh, someone immediately uh, posted a picture online of him dropping a flying elbow on Jesus. Uh, oh, it's just... Yeah, that is actually on AquabearLegion.com. <laughs> yeah, it is. One of the um, uh, Sometimes a Very Jew episodes. Yeah, that was our, uh, our tribute episode. Um, Al Snow, uh, known for uh, Head, um, <laughs> is from the Dayton area, I believe. He might be from Middletown. Is that Dave Obenauer's dad? No, no. Okay. Dave's from northeast Ohio. He's from Wellington, right? South yeah. of E. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did not know that. Um, with the Lorraine Bra- County Fair. Dave yeah. Obenauer, love to have you on the show. <laughs> the late Brian Pillman, uh, Shark Boy. Uh, more recently, uh, when you're talking about WWE stars, uh, Mike the Miz Mazanin, a giant douche. He's I from. Think, uh, and I mentioned, I think I know someone who went on a date with him. But I yeah. have to that. <laughs> what an unfortunate from Parma. young woman. Um, two of my favorite wrestlers right now in the WWE are from Ohio. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, uh, who is a Browns fan, uh, went to Kent State University. Um, he is from Ohio, and uh, he's unfortunately stuck in the undercard because he likes to, uh, you know, talk to reporters and say things he shouldn't when he's not uh, wrestling. But Dolph Ziggler is amazing, one of the best drop kicks in the business, and uh, Dean Ambrose. Uh, of the Shield is from Cincinnati, uh, Johnny Moxley. Um, he's also uh, uh, an amazing wrestler who's on his way up. I'd like to throw in some local guys too. Uh, Dave and Jake Christ, uh, once known as the Irish Airborne, uh, now known as OI4K, Ohio is Four Killers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> great, 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 great young talent. Both of them are amazing wrestlers. Uh, I put it to you, Internet. Uh, Google Dave and Jake Christ. That's C-R-I-S-T. They are incredible wrestlers with bright futures ahead of them. It was it was talked about in the, the pre-show. Who is Mr. Ass? Billy Gunn? Mr. Yeah, it's unrelated to the Ohio thing, but Mr. Ass was a wrestler. Yeah, I'm not sure where uh, Billy Gunn was from. Part of the New Age Outlaws. Uh, he once, uh, uh, Billy Gunn actually once teamed with Big Show, uh, and their tag team name was the Show Guns. That's <laughs> awesome. I think it should have been the Ass Show. <laughs> or Big Ass. Big Ass. Considering we spent the last like 15 minutes talking about wrestling, I think we can officially put a pin in this season. Yeah. 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 This is way more entertaining than talking about the Browns. Right. <laughs> um, Steelers check in. They can still eat our butts. They didn't oh, yeah. play this week, just like us. Yep. Um, 
Trent Richardson check in we mentioned earlier. One rush, zero yards, and a fumble. Good lord. Welcome to Suckton population. Poor bastard. Yeah, that poor bastard. Well, and then you know what the thing is is you look at Eddie Lacy, man. You know, and the year he had, basically being the guy that played after Richardson in Alabama, got drafted in the second round, right? It's been a beast for Green Bay. And my father's fantasy football team this year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he does seem like he's got a foot and 50 pounds on Trent Richardson. So. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't know, man. Trent's a little... I, I'm with you, Brian. I feel the same way. I mean, I was so excited when they drafted that guy, and I was bummed out when they traded him. It took me about a week to be like, okay, I think this might be a good deal, and it took me a few weeks to be like, hell yeah, I'm glad we did that. But I still, you know, he was like the closest thing to like a star the Browns might have had. Yeah, I still remember. I still remember how excited I was when, for no reason at all, they wasted a bunch of picks to trade up one spot to get him. <laughs> and frankly, I, I am still disappointed. I mean, even though T. T Rich had a terrible season this year, that we never saw the Browns with him and Josh Gordon in the lineup at the same time. Yeah, mm, yeah, good point. Because I mean, that could have taken the heat off both of them for a second, and maybe we would have won one more game or two more games. Who knows? It's true. Yeah, maybe. <clears throat> what maybe. if? Yeah. Uh, so trivia. should we move it on to trivia? Yeah. Lucy Memorial Trivia question. This one is for you, the Lucy Memorial Trivia question. Ian, can we get the song, please? Lucy, we love you. Thank you. All All right. We've talked about it a lot this episode. I mean, this is the episode. There have been seven coaches since 1999 for the Browns. Brian Costco, who are they? All right. First one, I'm going to try to do them in order, I think. Okay. Chris Palmer. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, Who I believe also was, like, coach of the Texans, which came back, too, or something. Yeah. Like, maybe offensive coordinator. He was offensive coordinator. Yeah, he's pretty terrible. Um, Of course, he didn't have anything to work with. Um, More glasses in the NFL. Who does that? Yeah. (laughs) Nerds, right? Um, Chris Palmer, Butch Davis, Romeo Cornell. Eric Mangini, Pat Shermer, Rob Chudzinski, and I'm missing one. Here's your clue. We, I said I'd give you one, and you okay. need it. Butch Davis quit in the middle of a season. Ah, yes. Who yes. was his backup dude? It was Terry Robisky. You did uh, it. No. Yeah. <laughs> I have a trivia question back for all of you. Do you remember Ch- Terry Robisky's son? Yes, Brian Robisky. Yeah, one of the many wide receivers that was supposed to be good. Second round draft pick. Yeah, I kind of think his dad made that decision. <laughs> I can't believe I got that. I was I knew it was Terry. I couldn't remember his last name, and then I remembered how terrible Brian Rubisky was. <laughs> Sweet. We'll be ribbed. So um, here we're coming then to my in-studio for the first time ever, broken bandwagon, not a hot seat at all, just a <laughs> couple questions for you guys. As I've mentioned from the outset, I haven't been a Browns fan forever. Uh, I was drawn into it by my lovely wife and my dear friend Brian Costco. And I, I also and I will, yes. <laughs> uh, but that being said, I'm I'm committed, y'all. I'm committed, you three listeners. I will be a Browns fan for the rest of my life. Woo. 
And along with that, I'm kind of a casual football fan, although these past couple of years I've paid way more attention because of this podcast and because of fantasy football. But anyhow, with all that in mind, I've missed some time. And so I was kind of curious on this coaching episode what people who were longer Browns fans, which all three of you are, what you thought of uh, previous Brown coaches that I kind of missed out on. Um, like, what did, what did you think of Butch Davis and Mangini and, and Bill Belichick? What did you think of them when they were Browns coaches? Well, I'll, I can start a little bit. I'll, I'll, um, you know, um, Butch Davis, I mean, Palmer, I also think is kind of unfair to judge. I mean, like, you know, the Browns were a total expansion team, and that roster was really terrible. Um, and so I don't think you could really much judge him, but he was pretty bad. Butch Davis, I didn't much care for, um, but of course, you know, now is the only, only guy to have taken the Browns to the playoffs, um, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously, you know, uh, Couch got a little better under Davis. I mean, I think like Tim Couch looked a little bit okay for a year or two there. Um, but, you know, as far as Mangini, I mean, there were certain things. Was Mangini the other year where they went ten and six, but they didn't make it? No. Who was that? that was under Cornell. Um, yeah. Is that under Cornell? Yeah. Like Anderson year, which is at the franchise. Yeah, I mean, Mangini. I have to say, I feel the same way Ian mentioned earlier. Like, I, I kind of felt like he was heading in the right direction. I think they should have gave him a little more time, but he was a victim of um, change in GM again. Like I said earlier, you know, you don't. It's tough to give anyone enough time to see what they can do when the people above them and below them keep getting changed. And so, you know, Holmgren came in and gave Mangini a year and didn't like what he saw in Camden. I was surprised he even gave him a year. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't need to do that. I, when Bill Belichick was a Browns coach, I honestly, yeah, I was like 14, 15. It was right before they left, yeah. yeah right before they left. I didn't like him at all. He was very good. He cut Bernie. He was responsible for that and going with fucking Vinny Testaverde as your starting quarterback. And I, I mentioned earlier, it seemed like every time there was a third and long, the play call would be a draw to Metcalf. Like up the middle for like two yards. All yep, Metcalf up the middle. Yep. And I, I mean, obviously he's a great coach, but he just wasn't a great coach when he was in Cleveland. He was kind of a shitty coach then. And I think he had to go back. After he left the Browns, he went back and was under Parcells for a couple more years, wasn't he? I think so. He wasn't yeah. a head coach for those few years. He yeah. was a break. I'm not sure, but that is something brought up that he's one of the few coaches to lose in his initial – have a losing record in his initial tenure as a coach and then go on to success. Yeah, that means Cleveland Browns. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, since they came back, I mean, they really haven't had a great coach. I think – Butch Davis kind of benefited from all those early first-round draft picks they had kind of all coming together for a year before that all fell apart. Romeo Cornell got lucky when Derek Anderson forgot that he was Derek Anderson <laughs> for that one season. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, but every, in Mangini, yeah, they were moving in the right direction, but they still sucked. Mm-hmm. So I guess you really haven't missed out on much. Yeah. It's been a lot like it has been now, Brian. It just it was like people had, like, old-fashioned sense. Yeah, it was the old NFL. They all wore starter jackets instead, but it was pretty much the same. Yeah, I did see that photo that's on the Aquabare Legion website of uh, Belichick Belichick. advertising. That's beautiful. Sexy, shadowy face. (laughs) When I was in, like, fifth and sixth grade, all I wanted in the whole world was a brown starter jacket. 
but that shit was so expensive. Yeah. Like, fucking working class family, I never got one. And it was I got a, a Marlins one after they went on sale. <laughs> Changed the design. Nobody was going to fucking bug you for a Marlin starter. Exactly, yeah, especially in Lorain, Ohio, you know, it wasn't really a popular thing. Um, and I got it, and I thought that was awesome, you know, I got it, like, when it was, like, thirty nine ninety nine, like, in the summer and stashed it away. Um, and then I remember getting a Magic one, but it wasn't a starter. It was whatever the uh, other brand that the people in working class families get their kids. Magic the Gathering? No, Magic Orlando. Yeah. Magic what about you, Chris? Do you have any takes on uh, Butch Davis or Mangini? Because, I mean, I was kind of, you know, Mangini was after I was a Browns fan, but it was a year where I was busy with shit, you know? <laughs> I, 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 to be completely honest, you know, I'm, I'm in a very similar boat to Weeby in that uh, I pay more attention to football and to the Browns uh, because of this podcast. Um, I would say I was more of a casual fan in the past uh you know, I love the Browns, but I definitely didn't pay much attention to coaching staff or, or what have you. Yes. Um, this podcast has brought, brought me back into being like a kind of a hardcore Browns fan. Me too. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I really appreciate that. For sure. Yeah, yeah I, I agree completely. I do have a, a follow-up question. Don't want to take too much time with it, but I've noticed on especially message boards in regards to the Chudzinski firing uh, it just seems like, and, and, and along with that, the, I guess, caveat that fortunes can change quickly in the NFL. You know, like we've seen that this season with teams like the Texans fucking fell apart, you know, and the, the Redskins fell apart, and other teams like the Panthers suddenly are, you know, a top team. Chiefs went from first pick to... Yeah, exactly. The Chiefs are a prime example of that. Uh, but that being said, like it seems like a lot of what I've seen on the message boards in regards to Chud being fired and the Browns is like, we better win next season or I'm done being a fan. That sort of thing. Yeah, and I don't think I'm that's going to happen here. Yeah. But anyhow, like, I guess like for me, given that there's been so many years of disappointment, why I understand that sort of take on things, right. it seems really unreasonable. And I guess it, uh, I'm not doing a good job of posing a specific question, but I guess I'm wondering how you guys feel about all of that. Well, I, you know, I'm those people's outrage, like I get that that's the knee-jerk reaction to it, you know, but I don't feel that way. I know deep down, no matter what, I mean, and I also maybe am a little less, even though we do this podcast and I consider myself to be a Browns, a big Browns fan, I'm a little less intense about it, like, I just get excited for football season. I get mad when they lose. I get disheartened when they do stupid things, and I get excited when they win. But, like, I also am just always going to watch the Browns. It's just sort of a thing. I mean, I wouldn't give it – you know, those people that say those kind of things, either they're just that they feel the need to say that on the Internet and it offers some sort of therapeutic value, or right. they're just idiots, you know? I mean, like, and I hate to generalize it, but, you know, it's that's just a stupid thing to say. Like, I just think either you're a fan or you're not. I don't – you know, I mean, I think like you said, Brian, there'll be times in my life, and I'm sure there will be, where I don't watch as many games, you know, where you get busy or there's a year where you got other stuff going on. I know that's going to happen, and it's happened before. But, you know, if I ever have, if I ever watch football ever in my life, it'll be the Browns, no matter what. I think – And I think yeah. – Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think anyone that says that, that kind of stuff, you know, I, I think what it is, I don't think they're being – 
truthful, I think it's out of frustration. You know, they're just saying it. Yeah. But yeah. I think that that's dumb. That means you're not a fan then, dude. Like, go be a fan of the fucking Packers then, you know? Ooh, they lost today. So you can get super frustrated and still be a fan. I get it. Like, you're just so mad you're fed up because it happens year and year or year after year. Like, oh, fucking Browns 4-12 and 12 again. And, and you get on some message bar like, oh, I'm done with this team. And then football goes away for like five months. And then, you know, August starts and here's mini camp. It's like, oh, yeah, fucking Browns. Here we go. Let's do this. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. Get that time away, and then you get excited again. Yeah, I mean, I always get so pumped when the preseason games start. Like, usually the first one is always right around the Athens Community Music Festival down here, and um, the last couple years it's been, like, the same night. And so, like, I'll usually go watch a little bit of it before I watch bands. And I don't know, it's just always such a hopeful... It's so exciting to watch it again. It makes you kind of remember why you love... I don't know. And like I said, man, that moment, which I hope happens in my lifetime where they manage to do this is going to be the greatest thing ever. And no one will ever be able no one will ever be able to claim that any of us are Fairweather bandwagon fans. What do you mean when you say when they do this? You know what that means. I mean, you know, are we they, talking playoffs or super modicum playoffs? A modicum of success. You okay. know, like, a winning yeah. record? Yeah. I mean, right now, here's what I would say. I think it's a rolling. I think it's a rolling thing. I think that right now it's a winning record, and a playoff appearance. And then I think, you know, my whole thing is I obviously love to see them win the Super Bowl, but I would just love to see them turn this culture around a little bit. Yeah. A few years of decent records, even yeah. if they go seven and nine, eight and eight. I think that I know Ian said of uh, weeks ago, you know, that that's terrible. You don't want someone to do that. But I, even a season or two where they went in that direction, I think would just be. I mean, it's been nonstop four and twelve, five and eleven. It just has to change. You got to move a little bit in a different direction. If yeah. if Browns win the Super Bowl, good God, man, everything north of I seventy is going to burn. <laughs> oh, glorious. I guess I, I have a cap to sort of end this uh, broken bandwagon and uh, put a button on it, I suppose. And it's a couple things. One is, I think if we find the right coach quarterback combination, which, against all reasoning, there is a slight hope that that could occur this next season. True. It could change things. And, and my sneaking suspicion, which could be horribly wrong or whatever, is that we bring in a giant douchebag and Josh McDaniels, and he follows his pattern and drafts a giant douchebag in terms of uh, Johnny Manziel. <laughs> and that at that point, we've reached the douchebag fucking epicenter of, of awesomeness where all <laughs> douchebags collide and we're awesome. Like, I, I think that, that is a fucking possibility. I it is a possibility. Know. So I guess that's my little button on it, uh, and we could move on. Tweet of the week. It's the tweet of the week. All right, our last tweet of the week here in the regular season. I'm getting kind of overclumped here, guys, the end, the end of this episode. All right. I'm okay, I think. Brian, do you want to do this grouping here by Jabal Sheard? I think these are great. Yeah, I can do Jabal Sheard. I, I really appreciate this because they love Jabal Sheard. Unfortunately, he had kind of a down year. I think maybe the 3-4 didn't work for him. But all on January 1st, he, he had a tweet that said, uh, I can hang, which was immediately followed by, I can hang like bats in a cave, which was immediately followed by, working on my rap rap career. 
Hey, real fast, I want to also just have Sherry say hi, because she's here, and this is our last episode of this season, at least regular season. Sherry? Hey, guys. Sherry! Hey. Hey. We're trying to get over the crud here, so I figured we should at least both vocally reach out to the outside world. We're still here. <laughs> Jamal, Shears, Jamal Shears is much better at throwing people through art gallery windows than rapping. And maybe you hit on a brown slogan. We're still here. We're yeah. still here. We're still I like here. It. Despite um, facing the crud. <laughs> do you want to? We have another good non-Bernie tweet of the week. I think Chris, do you want to read the Josh Gordon one? Sure. On the twenty-seventh of December, uh, Josh Gordon tweeted, "That face you make when you and your man's." Going to Hawaii together. At Joe Hayden 23, hashtag Pro Bowl face, hashtag Hawaii 50, and then an Instagram link. And I must say, in that link, um, he does look very happy and genuinely, uh, you know, pleased with the fact that he's going to the Pro Bowl. So good for him. Yeah. There's there's some bromance going on there. Total bromance. Josh and Joe. Good yeah. and good for them. He's a big fan of the Daniel Day Kim Hawaii Five O reboot. That's my guess. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think anyone is. What the fuck is with, with the Pro Bowl this year with like Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders like picking teams or something? Oh, it gives a shit. Like, who well, cares no, about the Pro Bowl? Is that why they're changing it to? That's what it is. Everyone watching last year because they all were like touching each other with like one finger and then <laughs> falling down and running out of bounds. Like, no one wanted to get hurt or play, so they did this instead. Is there a point in having it? I mean, no, no. It's it's the worst of the professional sports all star games. By it far. is. I mean, the baseball one, right? Uh, all star game de- decides who gets home field in the World Series, yeah, right? That's that's fucking that's big business, there. Big biz. Biz. <laughs> we got some tweets from our man Bernie. Bernie's not with us this week, as you know. We still are are on the lookout for him. If anyone knows where Bernie is, let us know. We're a little worried. Yeah, he um, kind of just took off like. Real quick last week. He literally ran, and we haven't seen him since. No trace yeah, of him. Apparently, uh, yeah. I've been leaving garlic all over the place. It's still there. Have you tried teeing uh, like scones? Because apparently he's British. Oh, I don't think he is. Don't think. Have you tried looking into a mirror and saying his name thrice? Ooh, like Candyman. Just like that. Or Bloody Mary. That as well. Uh, tweet from Bernie. We got two of them. Bernie always with the insightful analysis. I actually think this one's my favorite, so I'm just going to read the one. As awesome as Andrew Luck was yesterday with the Trent R trade, the Colts losing would have really helped the Browns with that hashtag number one draft pick. And first of all, no shit, Bernie. Second of all, I don't think that meant to be a hashtag. I think he was putting number one, but he didn't realize you can't do that on Twitter. Yeah, it turns it into hashtags. Uh, I think it still would have been a hashtag one, even if you had... Well, you would have had to put the space between the hashtag and the one. Yeah. Yeah. The other one's pretty good, too. Uh, and I, re- I, I have to throw in that most of those words are capitalized except Colts and Browns, which right, are... Right, the words that should be. <laughs> yeah. Like, yesterday's fucking capitalized, but Colts is... Well, like, was is capitalized. He gave us that capitalization lesson, which we all agreed made absolutely no sense. Well, he seems in this case, he seems to have capitalized pretty much like the first half, and then not the second half. Yeah. So his other his other great tweet, and got, Bernie, if you're out there, get a hold of us, man. Like we're worried. Worried. Uh, what a veteran show by Drew Breed. 
to throw two picks, no space in between the number two or the word picks, in first half and two, no spaces there, half, ampersand, two, run ball, and (laughs) ampersand start six for six, again, no spaces whatsoever, in second, again, no spaces, half, ampersand score 17 points is very impressive. Capital on the very. Yeah, well, you know. Um, Drew Breed is not a real person. Nope. <laughs> I don't think. Probably is, somewhere. Two things. Drew Breed, Bur- we'd love to have you on the show. Yeah, Drew Breed. Probably be easier to get him than Drew Breeze. Um, we know that Bernie's know out. We know that Bernie's out there because he's tweeting, but he hasn't checked in. So I want to bring that up. We at least know that he's safe, maybe. Well, he's alive at the very least. And or if- someone someone has his Twitter password. Then also mm-hmm. could be Lexi Sol. Um, but this seems like Bernie's writing. Yeah, it definitely does. It has all the the textbook Bernie going on. Um, along those lines, I want to bring up something that I find interesting. I, I haven't added up the characters in either one of these tweets. Now, for those out there who might not be familiar with Twitter, I don't know who that is. Um, what the fuck is a Twitter? You got to have one. Is it 140 characters? Yes, sir. Okay. So what's interesting about that is Twitter, then, since you can only have 140 characters, a lot of people will shorthand things, you know, things develop to kind of deal with that. Um, But Bernie doesn't really seem to do that for any particular reason. And these two, I know, seem a little bit longer, so they might be close to 140. But he's done tweets before where he has shorthanded or made things incomprehensible to read, like run words together. And then the tweet at the end is like 80 characters. Yep. I've also seen him use shorthand for words where all he does is take one letter out, and it'll be like a word with nine letters, and that doesn't seem to make much sense to me either. He's a uh, he's, he's a dude. He uh, flies by his own flag. I gotta say though, discovering Bernie's uh, Twitter account has been nothing but gold for this podcast. <laughs> it's unbelievably great. Chris, yeah. do you have a you got a number there? One thirty-eight. Yep. Yeah, yeah, on the Andrew Luck one. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, Drew Brees is the same amount of characters as Drew Breed, though. <laughs> <laughs> that just must have been an error. Um, that, I think, brings us to a close. I want to say we're going to do – this is the last episode of the regular season here. We're going to take a few months off, and we're going to do uh, – Maybe. Two, maybe. We'll be back. I have a good man in America. Yeah, we're going to have draft day. The movie, of course, the, that I believe will unseat, uh, you know, Citizen Kane and Gone with the Wind and, you know, all of these things as American classics. Kevin Costner, Dennis Leary as the guy that just holds his ring out the whole time. Um, Jennifer Garner doing something. Where uh, Kevin Costner plays the Browns GM. What you gonna do, Sammy? Sonny. Sonny, whatever. Sonny's gonna write his own goddamn story. That's what he's gonna write his own story. We're gonna do an episode. I mean, like like Ian said, we'll probably be back. I imagine before then because we all like this too much. But we're gonna do a special episode about Draft Day, the movie. It comes out April 11th, right around Draft Day. Good good timing, guys, on the marketing. And we have a very special episode. Tell us about that. Well, I don't know if I can because we got we got to confirm, get all the details organized. But if you watch the Draft Day uh, trailer. And you keep your eyes peeled for a young man stumbling with coffee. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Keep an eye out for that. 
we're going to watch the movie and talk about it. And then, of course, we'll have another episode or, uh, about the actual draft day. Not to demean the movie, um, but the actual... We'll probably do a draft preview, I imagine, and then do another episode after the draft. You know, we like to check in. As we've mentioned here before, that's our Super Bowl, so it's pretty important. Um, do you guys think any more Browns kickers are going to kick game-winning field goals for other teams in the playoffs next weekend? Probably. Well, Dawson too long. Matt yeah. Barr probably going to come out of retirement. Matt Barr. Yeah. Who's that guy we had briefly that had the uh, whatever? Player. Gary Player. Gary yeah, Player. Golfer. Um, but I want to, I want to, before we get into closing, I want to thank all you guys again. I want to thank everyone out there that has been listening and continues to listen. This has been a blast. I agree with all of you. It's really made me appreciate being a Browns fan again, and it's made it fun despite how terrible they've been this season. I love all of you guys, so getting a chance to talk to you about something I love each week has been pretty sweet. Um, so thank the three of you for coming on each and every week. You're um, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I did yeah, thanks to Luke and Dan Majeski and Michelle and Sherry and Zach Long and Dave Obenauer. Dave Obenauer and Van who else? Who? Van Dorn. Van Dorn. Rick Dodgson. <laughs> um, Silver awesome. playbook. I ain't mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry and Michelle. Yeah, yeah, it's been awesome having everybody on. Um, Haley Hansen, mm-hmm. even though her two times on involved her saying she didn't want to do it. And the other time she was looking at pictures of onions on her phone, it's still still like to have her on. Um, so thanks, everybody, for listening. We're going to keep doing this. I can't believe we've done two seasons of it. I can't wait to do a third. I want to thank AquabearLegion.com for hosting us. That's an inside deal. They have no choice in the matter. Um, thanks to Pierogi Mountain for giving us no money all season long. It would be cool if you sent some pierogies. So. Yeah, it would be pretty uh, awesome. Would be awesome. I thought pierogi was plural. It pierogi. is. Yeah, what kind I of lock are you, man? Jesus. I know. I, I'm pretty good about it. Sometimes I still say pierogies. Right. That's improper. You're right. Um, you can find us on Facebook by searching 6Bs and a P. You can also find us on Twitter at 6B1P. That's the number 6, letter B, number 1, letter P. You can find us on Stitcher and on iTunes by searching the name of this podcast. And I think just by searching Cleveland Browns podcast as well, you'll come across this. Hopefully. Not that many of them. Fifth most popular in the world. You guys have anything you want to add before we sign off for a little while? Uh, It's just been a blast. Agreed. And I I said in the first week that I was going to do every episode this year. You did, Ian. I did. You did. So next year I won't be on any again. Okay, cool. (laughs) Sounds good. Well, I'll talk about how you were supposed to be here. Yep, sounds good. All right. Cool. We're going to sign off. Thanks, everybody, for an awesome season. We had a much better and more successful one than the Cleveland Browns did. Um, <laughs> five find the team five and 11. Huh? And we went 5-11. and 11. <laughs> Yeah, we, we went 5-11, and 11, I think. We probably, I'd be the league. Um, <laughs> that's it. Go Browns. If you see Brady, give us a shout-out. Go yep. Browns. Woo! Oh, yeah. Chris Palmer, coach. <laughs>